Well, let me also uh, say good morning to you. I'm uh, glad that you're here this morning. I don't know what your uh, morning has been like, but uh, around here this morning, it's been anything but simple. It seems like we've had one struggle after another, and uh, for the second week in a row, we've had some technical problems with one of our screens, so that's why you've got one that's just sitting over there blank, and we just still don't know what the problem is, but we'll figure it out at some point. So I'm glad that you're here, and uh, I hope that uh, for the next few minutes, uh, I know what I need to do. I need to kind of just forget all that and focus in, and maybe there's stuff that's been going on for you all morning, and uh, let me encourage you, we'll just put that aside for a few minutes, and I want us to focus in. Now, let me have some fun with you first, though. Would you, everybody stand? I'm going to do something with you you never thought you'd do in church, probably, at least not in an adult church. In fact, when you go home today, you can tell your children, guess what we did in big church? We played Simon Says. Okay? So are you ready? Uh, I can't watch everybody. You don't have to be honest. But uh, when I get you, please sit down, okay? So here we go. Simon Says, put your hands on your hips. Simon Says, touch your nose. Simon Says, touch your knees. Touch your head. Uh, some of you are out. Thank you. You can have a seat. <laughs> be honest. Thank you. Okay, here we go again. Simon says, uh, put your hands on your hips. Simon says, put your hands in the air and wave them around. Simon says, turn around. All the way around. Touch knees. Oh, some of you are out. Okay, we'll go a couple more times here. Simon says, uh, touch your knees again. Simon says, put your hands on your hips. Simon says, turn to your neighbor. Wave at him. Ah, some of you started, you're out. All right, very good. The rest of you can applaud yourselves and everybody can be seated. You know what, some people think that the Christian life, that being a Christian, is about playing the game God says. God says, don't go there. God says, pray. God says, be nice. God says, get up early and read your Bible. God says, don't go to that movie. They think it's just one big game of obeying the rules. Some Christians think that the Christian life is all about playing the game God says, that it's all about obeying the rules. But I've never met anyone who's ever been able to obey all of the laws and rules perfectly. And at some point, we all have to take a seat. And then we get back in the game. Some people have grown tired of trying to play the game. And that's why some of you may be at some point bailed out of the church after high school or college. Some people are just completely turned off by the whole idea that it's about playing a game. And that's why, maybe even for some of you, you stayed away your whole life from the church, from God, because you didn't want to play the game. It's interesting to me that if you really read the story of Jesus, you will never hear Him talking about or inviting people to play the game God says. In fact, if you read His story, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the books of the Bible that tell the story of Jesus' life, you will discover that Jesus came to earth to explain God. He came to, to reinvent, to change the paradigm of people's thinking about God, and He came to communicate that knowing God, following God, was about having a personal relationship with Him. Now that was when Jesus came to the earth, that was, that was a whole different way of thinking because Jesus came to a culture of people who were very traditional. And they believed that it was all about playing the game. It was all about obeying the rules. And Jesus came and changed their minds and taught them differently. 
And help them to understand that it is not about playing the game. That it is all about God following God. And He came to help us understand that God's desire would be that we would simply follow. And that as we follow, we would grow to understand who He really is. Maybe for you, and certainly the people of Jesus' culture, this was really different. Because to them, God seemed to be really far away. God was very cosmic. And you had to be more holy than you could ever be. And you had to be more righteous than anyone could ever possibly be if you wanted to be on God's side. And oh yeah, God might love you because God's supposed to love you. But He wasn't likely to really like you. Because after all, you weren't anything like Him. And then Jesus showed up and He said, I have come to explain the Father. And the Father has an intense desire to connect you. To connect you not with a group, not with a church, not with a nation. The Father has an intense desire to connect with you individually and personally. Like a father, a a good father connects with His Son. Jesus said like a a shepherd connects with His sheep. Like a a vine and a branch are attached to each other. Jesus came to help people see that this is the way that you follow. And He came to simply invite people to follow Him. And as you read the Gospels, you become aware that this invitation that He extended has been extended to every one of us. To every single person who has ever lived. Jesus extends this invitation. And today I want to say to you, if you have been in church for the last 30 years of your life, or the last 30 minutes, this invitation is for you. The name of this series is simply the word simple. Because as we will see, Connecting to our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus, is very, very simple. Now, if you think it's not simple, if it seems complicated to you, then that's probably because someone like me, in a position like this in a church somewhere along the way, made it sound complicated. But it's not. Jesus came to help us understand that the invitation is very simple. So today I want us to look at a story where Jesus extends an invitation that will help us to see it is such a simple invitation. It's found in Matthew, which is the very first book of the New Testament of your Bible, chapter 9, verse 9. Now this story is about Matthew. In fact, the story is about Matthew. The story is written by Matthew. And the story is written in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it's all about Matthew today. So we're going to look at his story. Now here's what's interesting about this story. It's the first time that Jesus ever has an encounter with Matthew. First time he has ever visited this guy. First time he's ever met him. And Jesus meets this guy, Matthew. And here's what's significant about it for you. Maybe you think this morning, you know, I'm kind of a bad person. Now I know most people think we're good. But maybe... There are some of you this morning who think, you know, I am not such a good person. I'm a a bad person. 
Well, let me tell you, as we'll discover in this story, Matthew is not a good person. And maybe you feel like you are a bad person because you carry the guilt of mistakes that you've made in the past and of choices that you have made. Maybe you bear the burdens of the past, the baggage that you carry around. I think you identify with Matthew. And here's another thing. If the whole idea of the rituals and the tradition and playing the game is a turnoff to you, you'll relate to Matthew because Matthew has abandoned that way of thinking. He wants nothing to do with it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Look what happens here. As Jesus went on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Now, let's stop there and give me, let me give you some background on the whole tax collecting thing. Rome was the ruling power at this time. And Rome occasionally would sell the rights to collect taxes in a province that it had conquered. In Palestine or Israel or the city of Jerusalem. So if you were a Roman citizen, you could go to the Roman government and you could purchase the rights to tax people in another province that Rome ruled over. Once you had purchased that right, you could go to that area and you could begin to hire people to work under you. Kind of a, a pyramid type thing, a, a marketing strategy. And you could, they could, you'd hire these people and they could charge a, a small surcharge of taxes. You'd pay them a salary and that surcharge would get passed on to you. And the Romans taxed everything. There were over a dozen things the Romans taxed. It might have been worse than here. I don't know. They taxed bridges and ports. They taxed your income. They taxed wine and fruits and over a dozen things they taxed. You can make a lot of money collecting taxes, but here's the thing. If you were one of the people, one of the citizens of the province that was hired by the Roman citizen to work under them and to collect taxes for them, you were considered a traitor. You were considered the scum of the earth, basically. People didn't want anything to do with you. In fact, as we'll read later, there were two categories that are often described. Jesus talks about sinners and tax collectors. Okay, these guys were considered so bad they had their own category. You had sinners. You know, you could be a, a prostitute or a thief or you could beat your children. That's a sinner. But then there was this whole other category. You are a tax collector. And so as Jesus approaches this booth, I think His disciples were probably kind of murmuring to themselves in the background, oh no, here's another guy collecting taxes. What is Jesus going to say to him? Here's what Jesus says very simply. He says, follow Me. And I think Peter probably tapped Jesus on the shoulder and said, Jesus, did I just hear you correctly? And John says, Jesus, uh, we need to have a word. Come here. Jesus, do you realize that if that means if you say to follow, for he to, Him to follow you, that means He's going to hang out with us? And Jesus, I had this legitimate fishing business that my brothers and I, that we left to come and follow you. What do you think my dad is going to think if he finds out that you're having these tax collector type people follow you too. Jesus, this is not going to work because if He follows you, that means He's going to hang out with us and that is going to mess up our reputation. Jesus says, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Him, it says. Now, think about this whole idea of follow me. Jesus says, I want you to Follow me. 
Peter and John protest. And Matthew, Matthew, what does he do? He gets up and follows. In fact, you know what I think Jesus said to Matthew? Something like this, maybe. He said, Matthew, you know what? I want you to follow me. You don't, need a, you don't need a pen or a piece of paper to write this down. It's not difficult. I want you simply to follow me. I'm not asking you to change anything. I'm not asking you to leave anything behind. I'm not asking you to give up anything. I'm not asking you to stop doing anything. I'm just saying, will you follow me? Will you do the one thing that I know that you're able to do? Will you slide that chair back, stand up, and follow me? And you know what? That is how it always begins. That's always the initial invitation from God to every one of us. Will you simply do what I know that you are able to do? Will you follow me? Now, Jesus could have said a lot of things to Matthew that day, and he would have been absolutely right. He could have said to Matthew, there are all these things that you've done wrong in life. There's all this guilt that you have. In your life, Matthew, is an absolute mess. He could have talked to him about all the years that he failed to bring his sacrifice to the temple. He could have dumped the whole load on Matthew. And he would have been exactly right. But you know what? Jesus didn't come to earth to be exactly right. He came to invite people to follow God. Because He knew that as they would begin to follow God, they would discover that God desired to have a personal, individual connection with them. He could have buried Matthew in guilt. But he said, Matthew, I want you to take just one simple step. And today I want to say to you, no matter what your church experience has been, regardless of what you've thought of God or done in the past, here's what I know from this simple exchange. There is every single day an invitation to every one of us from a Savior who loves us, who simply says, will you follow Me? Will you take just a baby step in My direction? Will you follow Me? Now whatever you think may keep you from doing that, I assure you, whatever it is that you think stands in your way, you have been trumped by Matthew or someone else who has chosen to follow. Maybe someone who's sitting in your section today because they have chosen to follow. Here's what happens as the story continues. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 again. Again, he says, Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors, not just a few, not just a couple, many tax collectors and what? And sinners came and ate with Him and His disciples. Now, again, I think His disciples said, you know, wait a minute, Jesus. You're not asking Him now to follow you. You're following Him to His house. In fact, in Luke, when we read the same story in Luke chapter 5, we're told that Matthew threw a party. He threw a party for Jesus and His followers. Now, who do you think Matthew invited to the party? He invited the same people that you invite to a party, the people that you know, which are your friends. And who were Matthew's friends? Sinners and tax collectors. And the Jesus' disciples kind of protest, wait a minute. 
You're saying we're going to go over to his house? You want us to have dinner there? Jesus, don't you know? And this was a big deal to them. Jesus, don't you know? He's ceremonially unclean. He can't even go into the outer courts of the temple because of his actions in life. And you want us to go and have dinner at his house? His ickiness is going to get on us. His reputation is going to mess up our reputation. Now pause there. If that seems weird to you, that Jesus would go to the house of a sinner, then maybe that's because you don't know Jesus. If that seems the opposite of everything you have ever experienced from the local church or from other Christians, maybe you have the wrong picture of Jesus. You see, Jesus liked people who were nothing like Him. The message from the church, I know, has often been that the church is for church people. And the church really isn't for people who aren't church people. But Jesus came so that people, people who were very unlike Him, could have a personal relationship with God. And hear this today. Jesus liked people who were unlike Him. Did you hear that? Jesus liked people who were unlike Him. And people who were unlike Jesus liked Him when they got to be close to Him. If the name of Jesus is repulsive to you, you don't know Him. And if you think there is something that is so repulsive about yourself that Jesus would want nothing to do with you, you don't know Him. Chances are, if you consider yourself a bad person or an unreligious person, if Jesus were to show up here today, He'd probably rather hang out with you than with me. Because Jesus enjoyed being around people who were unlike Him. Jesus was drawn to those kinds of people. And I hope this morning, as you think about the fact that Jesus likes people who are unlike Him, I hope that sort of settles in on you in sort of an uncomfortable, maybe even convicting kind of way. Here's how the story continues in verse 11. When the Pharisees... Dun, 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 dun. That's probably what y'all always do when you get to the word Pharisees. These were the religious leaders of the day and they always had an opinion about how things ought to go and I believe me, they were playing the game, God says. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked His disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? What's He doing in there hanging out with people like that? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now, I don't know when Jesus responded if He actually you know, got up and went outside where the Pharisees were or if He leaned out the window, but I would imagine if Matthew had heard Him say that it's the sick, not the healthy, Matthew could have been offended by that. Wait a minute, Jesus. Are you saying that I'm sick? Like you're well and I'm sick? But you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, I am here for people who in their very honest moments can admit something is wrong with their life. People who look in the mirror and think nobody else knows this, but there is something about my life that's not right. I'm, I'm sick. Something is missing. It's for people who know in their heart, I've got a problem. Verse 13. 
But go and learn. And believe me, when the Pharisees heard Jesus tell them to go and learn, they didn't like that. You know why? Because they considered themselves the ones with all the knowledge. Jesus was the one they thought that needed to go and learn something. Jesus says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And here's what I want you to hear today. Jesus has extended an invitation to you. And He extends it to you regardless of whether or not you have been in church for the last 45 years of your life or the last 45 minutes. Every single day, He extends this invitation. Not an invitation to change or to try harder or to do better or to play the game God says. Now, His invitation is, would you simply just follow Me? Would you today just take a baby step in My direction and follow Me? You see, this is an invitation that that is extended to people who are not like Jesus. And if there was ever a moment when you look at your own heart and you realize, I am sick, this invitation is for you. Jesus said, would you be willing not to fix yourself? Would you be willing just to follow Me? Have you ever gone to, to a store or maybe a, a used car lot and there are there's merchandise or a car that has a big tag on it that says, just as is, take it as is. And you know when you see that sticker, there's probably no warranty to this thing. They're not going to fix anything about it. They're selling me that prop, that merchandise, that car, that appliance, exactly as it is. Whatever's wrong with it, whatever's damaged about it, whatever's messed up about it, they're going to sell it to me simply as it is. And Jesus, when He offers this invitation, He looks at people just like us and He says to us, I'm inviting you just like you are right now, as is. Broken or not, scarred or not, messed up or not, I'm inviting you to simply come and follow Me. And if you will accept Jesus' invitation, do you know what will happen over time? If you will accept Jesus' simple invitation to follow, here's what will happen over time. You will begin to change. Not because somebody hands you a list and says, you've got to change these things. You will begin to change because as you begin to follow Jesus, you will come to understand just how much God loves you. And as you begin to connect with the Heavenly Father, you will desire to change. Your world will be different. You will change, not so that God will love you more, not because somebody demands it of you. You will change because as you take those first steps to begin to follow Jesus, you will grow to understand just how much the Savior loves you. And you will desire to change in response to that. See, Jesus' invitation was so simple. He simply said to all of us, will you follow Me? Will you 
Take that simple baby step and follow me. Would you pray with me? God, it is such a simple invitation. God, forgive us, those of us who are Christ followers already, that at times we have made this message sound so complicated to people. And yet, God, You intended that it would be so simple. God, I thank You for the example that we see in Matthew today. A guy that all of us can look at and go, he was not a good guy. And God, some of us look into our own hearts today and we realize we're not so good either. We carry the baggage and the pain and the guilt of the past. And we're not so happy with what we look like. And God, I thank You this morning that I can say with absolute confidence that it's exactly people like us, people who feel so unlike You, that Jesus looks at and says, will you just simply follow Me? And God, I pray for people in this room today that have heard that invitation. And God, they're resisting it for whatever reason. And I pray through Your Spirit today You'd help to take those obstacles away. And God, they'd just be set free to accept the invitation. And they'd just take that first step to begin to follow Jesus. Thank You, God, for what I know You'll do in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.